Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life. Yes, a little bit of both. We deal with the whole project. and Also, video interviews with best-selling and uh, award-winning authors across the genres. Got all kinds of good ones up there. Check it out. It's all over at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the fabulous people over at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. And uh, we're still doing it. uh, We're going to do a little mini conference here in January. I have been talking about it every week. Uh, It's what I do. Uh, Yes, little little conference. And... um, of course, it'll be virtual, as COVID is still sort of a thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I'll be there. I'll be teaching about the uh, book proposal. Something maybe you like, maybe you don't. But uh, I hope I can help you understand it better, make it a little friendlier. That's what I'm going to do. So uh, if you're interested in that, go. Or if you just want to join the PNWA, go over to pnwa.org, and you can do that. Yeah, speaking of book proposals, Going through the line edits of my new book, got it back from the line editor at the publisher. I like it. I like just, I like that. I like just going through and seeing all the little corrections she made and uh, answering all her little questions. They're so specific. I like that just somebody cares enough to do it. I know it's her job. I know it's her job, but I still like it. I like that someone, this is why I like working with traditional publishers. I just like all the people who give their attention to the project because I gave a lot of attention to it. So that's just where that is right now. Just one more thing I enjoy about the whole publishing process, not just the writing, but the whole process. Yes, indeed. Okay. Okay. Well, I know our next guest, I'll bet he, well, he knows a bit about the publishing process. Yes, he does. He's uh, been on both sides of that game. Edwin Hill. Edwin is the Edgar and Agatha award nominated author of little comfort, the missing ones and Due out December 29th, watch her. After attending Wesleyan University and graduating with a BA in American Studies, he headed west, the great city of San Francisco, for the dot-com boom. But later, he returned to Boston and earned his MFA from Emerson College and switched gears to work in educational publishing. He was served as the vice president and editorial director for Bedford St. Martin's Division of Macmillan, learning for many years before turning to writing full-time, and joining us, which is where he is now. Edwin, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Um, all right, you got you got book number three coming out in a few days. Well, a couple weeks, a couple weeks. Uh, are you a little excited? Is it meaningless? Is it, is, it too, is it too abstract? How do you feel as the pub date starts coming up? It's kind of, well, I don't know. What's it for you? Oh, it's super exciting. All sorts of fun. It's sort of a long process, so um, yeah. you have a bunch of little milestones that happen along the process. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, so you're turning your manuscript. I turned in my manuscript last February, and then yeah. you have to do copy edits, and you have to yeah. do page proofs, 
Um, and then, you know, slowly but surely, you sort of ramp up toward this pub date This uh, yeah. that, that seems very far away when you turn it in the manuscript, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's right in front of you. Uh, and then you get to come out and chat with people like you and have great conversations about the book, meet meet off, uh, meet uh, other meet readers and, and, and talk about what they like about the characters, and it, it's just super fun. Do you remember anything about it? You know, you returned it in last February, and – I mean, you've gone through the line edits and stuff, but I was, as I said, I'm just going through the line edits for my book, but I don't, I'm not rereading the whole book. I'm not going to check every and and but in which that she switched. You know, I'm just going through and doing the questions that she has and answering them. Do you, do you remember much about the book or do you have to kind of like reattune to it? How, how do you, how close do you feel to it? Oh, I feel pretty close to it. I mean, that is a funny question because I'm I'm working on another book now, of course. Yeah, yeah, of uh, which course. is due and it's due to my editor in March, and so I'm ah. really very deep into that book, and yeah. um, and so it is it is kind of funny to sort of change gears and go back to the the one that I was working on earlier in the year. But you know, I mean, I, I lived with this book for an entire year, so it's yeah. definitely uh, definitely a part of me. If you ask me about my first book, I do sometimes have to remind myself uh, <laughs> a little bit about that one. Right. Well, uh, so you're doing a book a year now. Is that the plan? Yeah, I do a book a year. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's come, let's back up a little bit. Uh, you, you, all right. So you graduate from Wesleyan and off you go, off you go to San Francisco to make a lot of money or maybe, I don't know. What was the plan? Did you go out there because it seemed exciting and you didn't know what else to do with yourself? What, what drew you to, to the world of, uh, of, the, of, you know, dot com and computers and I assume oh, you were. I've been so aimless. Uh, I was so aimless in, in my career. <laughs> Um, uh, I went out to, I graduated during a, a recession and, um, yeah, yeah. I went out to California cause there frankly were, it was very hard to find a job and I thought, why not yeah. go to California? So I wound sure. up in California, um, and the dot com boom of the nineties started yep. soon after my arrival, which was very oh, exciting nice. and it was a super fun time. It was, um, I mean, I just landed in it by chance, but it was super right. fun you know, people had a lot of fake money. I had right. I had some fake money that I no longer have, um, and it was just you know it was it was exciting. And when I look back on it, you know, time is time is time is a lot longer when you're younger. When I look yeah. back on it, I realize that the dot com boom didn't really last that long. I mean, it was really no. exciting for like you know ninety eight through ninety nine, and then it sort of came crashing down very quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was sure it was certainly fun at the time, and it was fun to have experienced it. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a time that I'll always remember. You know, as a suspense writer, I don't know why it seems as a suspense writer in particular, but I think it's helpful because I think it's helpful to have done something besides be a writer. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I have friends who are just writing, but to have had some kind of a career, whether it's in the military or teaching or the dot com or something. Because so often you're having to write about, obviously you're not going to be writing about writers for the most part, unless it's murder she wrote or something. And it's so good to have some kind of real life experience outside of academia or teaching or whatever that you can draw upon. Uh, is that oh, fair absolutely. to say? Absolutely. I mean, I yeah. draw on my work experiences all the time. I, yeah. I when I lived in California, I, I was a, I temped for about a year um, and, you know, would work at various companies for a week right. or a day or uh, right. two weeks. And, you know, I, that, that experience actually, it was 
slightly before the internet, uh, not yeah. to age myself, but that right. experience is something that I draw on all the time, just because I met so many people and I saw so yeah. many organizations. I saw well-run organizations. I saw organizations that weren't as well-run. And right. um, they all prov- a lot of them have provided little little tidbits to use in, in my writing yeah. here and there. Plus, as a temp, as a temp, I would think that you get such an interesting view of things because you're really the out. You're really the the writer is always the kind of the outsider looking in, taking notes, right? Oh, you're completely uh, invisible. Nobody cares right. about you, perfect. so yeah, you perfect. can observe That's what anything. What a writer wants to be. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so you did that, and I'm sure you made friends. And but but you said, okay, I gotta talk to me. I'm always just interested in people and their lives and how they make decisions. And so talk to me about when you said. I, I, was it just because the, the boom busted, or what, what drove you back to the East Coast in, in, in MFA? Uh, well, I always liked California. I grew up in Massachusetts, and I, I, you know, I just felt like drawn back to the East Coast. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it did coincide. I was, I was having, I was turning thirty. The dot com yeah. boom ended, and yeah. you know, I thought I can either stay here in California, or I can, I can go into the next phase of my life. So I decided I would move back. Uh, to the East Coast, I applied to a bunch of MFA programs and opted to go to M- the M- the one at Emerson in Boston. Yeah. And um, you know, it just was it just fit with where my life was at the time. So I moved back here. I went to that program. It was really great. And um, and then decided to stay in Boston. Right. And so, and did and you were so MFA. So obviously, writing. You know, it's one of these things. Usually, people who go into writing always have some interest in it. And oftentimes the thing that keeps them from just doing it straight out of school is just the fear of making money. And can you really do this? It seems so uncertain, blah, blah, blah. But we, but most of the time writers always kind of like to write or are serious about it. Were you one of those even before college? Like where was the writer before you got your MFA? What was he doing? Oh, sure. Well, I, I mean, I always liked writing. I always liked mystery novels. I read, you know, like uh-huh. the three investigators and Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Yeah. Um, yep. When I was a kid, we used to go on these family camping trips. My parents would pack us into this yellow Bronco and we'd drive across the country. Um, oh, wow. And uh, when I, I think I was maybe 10 or 11, we were, we were near Mount Rushmore. And this was back when you could still buy paperbacks at the gas station. We stopped at a gas station. And I was sort of in that in-between phase where I was moving out of children's books into adult adult books and I didn't really right. quite know what to read and so we yeah. stopped at this gas station right outside of Mount Rushmore and my parents bought me a copy of Agatha Christie's The Seven Dials Mystery um, uh-huh. and I of course had never heard of Agatha Christie right. Um, right. but I read the book in the back of the car at, I don't even think I really got out of the car when we were at Mount Rushmore I read it probably <laughs> in a day or two and I just I loved it I loved everything about it I loved this is if you haven't read it it's one of her earlier books I have it. it's set in the 20s it's uh it's set at a manor house there's a character named Bundle um <laughs> and you know, I just loved everything about it. I loved the world that she created. I loved the party scene. I loved yeah. the language that she used, which was which was new to me. And uh-huh. um, and I loved the puzzle of it. And so I, I kind of yeah. finished that book, and I thought, I know exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life. And then it really? took me about thirty five years to figure out how to do it. Wow. So so how old are you? You're 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 like a tween. You're like twelve or thirteen or something. Yeah, I'm about. I, when I got that, I was about. I think I was eleven. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. And you felt right then, this is it. Some, I want to do this. 
I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I, you know, I try. I definitely. I there are some very embarrassing notebooks somewhere in some wow. box somewhere yeah. where sure. I tried to write uh, novels in Agatha Christie's style when I was maybe um, in in middle school and early high school. And I right. use a lot of darlings and misspell um, <laughs> words at extra use, right. used to words. Um, right. But it took me a while. It did take me a while to sort of lose that style and kind of figure out what my own style would be. Um, and, you know, as I moved out of the Agatha Christie phase and into other writing, I, I tried out other things as well. Uh, when I first graduated from college, um, I tried, I, I thought I might try writing some children's books. Um, okay. But, you know, I had to teach myself how to, writing is like any skill. You have to do it for a while yeah. before you can really, yeah. before yeah, you really you know what you're doing. So I yeah. tried that for a little while. Um and then when I went to my MFA program, I wrote a – I mean, what I would say, the, the novel that I wrote in my MFA program, I would say would be a literary mystery, which is what I try and write now, too. Um, right. And when I graduated from my MFA program, I got an agent, actually, very wow. quickly for that novel. Great. Um, Great. But it never sold. And uh. at that point, I just had no money left. Um, I'd just been in school for full-time for two years. Right. And um, – I was very discouraged. It's very discouraging yeah. to try and sell a yep. novel and have nobody want yep. it. Um, yep. And so I decided to change gears and I went into publishing. I got a job at Houghton Mifflin, uh, which is yep. a publishing house based here out of Boston. Yep. And um, I worked in educational publishing for almost 20 years. Um, but 20. all that time Whoa. I was writing Whoa. sort of on the side. I see. Well, that must have been interesting, though, because now – you're seeing it, you're seeing publishing from the other side, from the other side of the glass partition. And, uh, and that must have been very educational, no pun intended, for you. Um, just about, because, you know, a lot of writers, and I certainly count myself amongst them, just didn't know anything about publishing. I mean, I eventually met editors and agents at conferences, and I've learned about publishing through them, but I never worked in it. And it was sort of mysterious to me. So was that helpful to you as a writer to kind of demystify the, what the whole publishing world is, even though it was different than what you wanted to write? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Educational publish. So I worked in college publishing, which is textbooks, think textbooks. Right. Okay. It's definitely a different market than trade publishing, which is what we all think of as regular yeah. publishing. Right. But, so the market is different. The way you sell the books is different. Uh, your customers are different. But the yeah. bookmaking process is very similar. So learning right. about the bookmaking process, learning learning about what goes into making a good book, what goes into making a good cover, what goes into making a good book design, all right. of that is super helpful. And definitely understanding the business side of publishing is really helpful. You know, yeah. when you work with a publisher or you work with your um, with your editor at your um, whatever your publishing house is, there are lots of pressures that that editor is under that you, that if the editor is good at his or her job, you as the author don't ever hear about. I mean, they don't That's want you right. to know any of those things. Right. But understanding what some of those pressures might be for an editor is is very helpful. And it, it helps you when you're having, it helps me when I'm having a conversation with my editor right. to just sort of think about uh, think about what I would do in that position. Yeah, you know what? I, I This is a new editor. It's a new publishing house. It's Penguin. I hadn't worked with them before. New editor. I, and we talked. I really liked her. And I have to say, I already 
I already want this book to do well, not partly for her sake. Isn't that strange? But I don't, I, I don't want, I want her to look good because of it too. I have to admit, because she's the one who, you oh know, my, took, well, I always say this publishing is a team sport. And like, yeah. you're a member of the team, whether you're the editorial assistant, whether you're the author, right. uh, whether you're the marketing person or the publicity person or the editor, like That's we're right. all, we're all going toward the same goal. So like, if you can go into the, if you can go into the publishing process as an author and remember that, Everyone wants wants your product to be successful, right. and you want it to be success. Just like you just said, you want it to be successful for the whole team, not just for yourself. Yeah, I really do. I, I really do. I mean, obviously, I'm the face of it or whatever. But I, I, you know, these people have all put time in. You know, obviously, for the editor, she's like decided to, you know, buy it and so on. So anyway, I, I, I do. I like the team aspect of it. I, I, you know, even though writing is not a team sport. Uh, I think that I like the, the fact that there's a group of people all interested in my book. And I assume, I assume you feel the same way with yours. Oh, absolutely. I always say writing is a team sport though, because it's more like a relay because you have to sort of pass, yeah. you have to yeah. pass the document from one person to a next, but like to, to get your writing to the place where you want, I always tell, I, I teach at Emerson now in their MFA oh. program. And I always tell right. my students this, you have to have a team to get a, to get a good product and you have to rely on that team to help you sort of push your writing to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Well, so talk, all right. So you're working in, in publishing and you must've liked it. Okay. You're in there for 20 years you must have felt comfortable there yeah oh i loved it i love I, w- I went from houghton mifflin to uh, mcmillan so i worked at mcmillan for many years um and so uh and so but all the time you sort of you say I mean, you haven't given up on the writing thing which i think would be tough a little bit um i think it would be did you go through kind of you know i i, I teach writing too i tend to teach the emotional side the i fearless writing and that's uh, and sort of like dealing with all the writing blocks and the reasons that we don't write sometimes. And, um, you know, people, adults go through like, is this a waste of my time? You know, I got it. I'm not making any money off of it. And I got my relationship and my kids and blah, blah, blah. And while you were working at, at St. Martin's and at Houghton Mifflin, were you, and you're writing, did you ever go through that thinking, ah, maybe I should scrap this. It's not going anywhere. Did you always think, no, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. How are you with that? Well, after so after I left my MFA program and my first book didn't sell, I I went through a a period where I didn't do anything. So I right. left my MFA program in 2002 and I didn't start writing again until about 2008 or 2009. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So I took a, I definitely took a period of time off. I also, frankly, I wanted to focus on my career, uh, on that, on that publishing career I wanted to do well at that job and um, you know those those years paid off for me I I was very successful in that career Um, what really changed for me is when I when I switched jobs I went from one job to to the to a new one and I managed to negotiate a month off in between my old job and my new job Um, and I'd always heard about NaNoWriMo uh, the National Novel Writing really really And so I thought, well, I have this month off. Why don't I try write? You know, I've always wanted to try writing. Why don't I? It was not the month of November, which is when okay. NaNoWriMo actually right. happens. Uh, but I, you know, I, I followed the principles of NaNoWriMo, and so I wrote every day. I tried to write the I tried to write the sixteen hundred words a day, and at yeah. the end of the month, I had a terrible, terrible first draft of a novel, and uh, then I worked on it for a couple of years to get it in shape. Wow. And so did you find the that 
that that you know just that race through the first draft was it helpful in a way did it help you um because sometimes writing fast even if it's sloppy and not, it gets you to just loosen up you know just to let the imagination cook without you looking over your own shoulder making sure it's really good um yeah did, was it helpful i do this that at way? the beginning of every novel so when i start a new novel I work for 40 work days in a row, not in a row, but for 40 work days, I try to write 2,000 words a day. Okay. Um, so at the end of those 40 work days, I have 80,000 words. They're right. usually awful. At those 80,000 oh. words are terrible. But yeah. out of those 80,000 words, I sort of have figured out where I want the story to go. I figured out which characters I want to focus on. I've probably figured out a couple of themes that I want to pull into the into the manuscript. And then I just start all over again at the beginning. I usually don't even look at – I hate to tell you – I mean, I hate to tell anyone wow. this, but I usually wow. don't even look at that document um, again, and I just sort of start over. Um, I might pull up a few pieces here and there to sort of type back into the into the right. computer. Um, but from that, I usually start on my what I would call my real first draft um, right. Right. of my novel. But those 40 days where I'm just it, they're really frustrating. I will say, like sitting down at your computer and producing 2000 uh, words of sort of ick every day yeah. for 40 days in a row is can be very frustrating. But they. Yeah they usually result in something that's that you can, I can kind use. of as you're doing them part of you is kind of aware like you know what it you know what it feels like at least I do when I'm on the beam you know when what's coming through is is what I think of is for me for the good the good stuff and I and if you're cranking it out like that maybe you're aware like this does not taste good as it's coming out but I feel like there's maybe something in there is that kind of what you're going through yeah, and then once in a like maybe one out of every five or one out of every seven days, you have this like amazing day right. where you're just super creative, your prose is good, and that you know, and and there's something that really comes out of that. Right, that's interesting. Okay, I'm not so good that's... at outlining though. So, well, yeah, once yeah, in yeah. a while, I'm good at outlining. I've written five. No I have three published novels. I've written five novels. I've outlined two of them, and when I've like really, I mean like truly outlined them. Um, and when it worked for me, it really worked. But if it doesn't work, the outlining process, if the, it doesn't work, I can't force it. No, you kill it. And I would think in a way that that 40 day thing is you're kind of creating an outline. It's almost like you're writing a lot of notes to yourself. And it it almost like you're creating a kind of outline in a way, but just you're yeah. doing it. You're just doing it on the fly as opposed to sitting down and thinking about it. You're just letting writing create the outline or some version yeah. of it. it yeah. Wow. Well, so tell me, so when, so the first was Little Comfort, your first published novel? Yeah, that was my first published novel. Okay. And when did that come out? It came out in um, 2018. 2018. Okay. So you've been doing one a year since then. And so, all right, oh, finally, wow, you published a book. What was that like for you? Was it a relief? Was it expected? How did that go? Oh gosh, it was, it was so special. Um, yeah. and it, you know, it, it felt great. I mean, it was funny cause I had been, I will tell you, I've been work I'd been working at this for a long time, I you am, know, yeah. like anyone who, when you're trying to work on something where there is, you don't necessarily see the, the finish line, you, yeah. the self-motivation that you need to do that, you have to find it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I, I came very close to giving up a, a second time. 
Mm. And then I wound up selling the novel. I sold it the day after the 2016 election, um, which was interesting. I'm just presuming your politics are such that you went from a very low to a very high place. I will just say that I was one of the happy people, the only happy people in the office on on Wednesday, the 9th of uh, wow. uh, November 9th, 2016. Wow. wow. How interesting. Okay, so you go through that, and then you learn the next day that you're selling your book. and But so you must have been, you must have been feeling pretty good. I was pretty happy. But it's funny, and then things started to fall into place. Soon thereafter, I sold my first short story. I sold it to Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. Nice. Um, and, you know, so, it was, you know, after having tried for a long, long, long time, um, things finally worked out. and it, it felt great. Yeah. But I just, you know, I, 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 I'm a little mystical about this stuff, Edwin. And I do feel like there's something, you know, just how, like, where do stories come from? It's, you don't, it's hard to know. Things come to you. Yeah. You don't, you can't manufacture it. You got to listen. You got to let it come to you. I do feel like on the publishing end, you have to kind of get out of your way. Like, I do think we blo- we are the problem. Like, I, I think I was when I wasn't having success. I feel like somehow psychically I was in my own way. And the more I've gotten out of my own way, the more stuff has happened. Because I sold, when my first real book I sold, I also sold something to the New York Times that same period. Like, it all kind of happened at once. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was letting myself get out of the way. Does that make sense to you? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you kind of, I just think we block stuff. Just like you can, like when you're writing, don't you have to just shut your mind up so you can hear the story to stop your thinking mind and get your listening mind to really tune into it? Yes. But then I have to pull in my thinking mind when I'm trying to plot my way through something. I mean, I do think there's sort of a balance there. Right. And your thinking mind So talk to me about the thinking mind when you're plotting, like, what is it doing? Like, what does it have to, to, to sort of, sew the pieces together so they make sense yeah i mean my novels are pretty complicated they're you know they're they're pretty complicated puzzles right and so one of the like part of the process is um just figuring out how all the pieces all the pieces fit together um and seeing how they all fit together and that that can take a little bit of time the novels i've written so far have been told from four points of view yeah. Um, yeah. And when I'm successful, if I'm successful, my goal is that at the end of the novel, it's sort of like the I always say the fifth point of view character is the reader, because huh. at the end of the novel, if I'm successful, the reader has taken all of the threads and tied yeah. them together so that they understand the story. And the of the four point of view characters, they don't necessarily all have the pieces. None of them actually have the, all the pieces. Only the reader does. And so, like, as the author, I have to really understand how all of those pieces fit together so that it becomes a satisfying uh, read for the, for the reader. The old, it's, it's kind of the ultimate show, don't tell. Because when the, I always tell my students, if, if you tell your reader, you know, your, your character is angry, they'll have to just trust you. But if you show it and they make up their own mind that the person's angry, now they've kind of done part of the work for you. Because when they make up their own mind, then they really believe it. And you're kind of doing the same thing with your stories. Because when they pull all the pieces together, how now they've understood something. And they trust yep. themselves. Not, oh, that's very cool. Very cool, Edwin. 
Um, well, okay. So if people want to like, uh, I don't know, you know, it's different with suspense, but do you ever talk to your readers like online? Do you ever, have you done any kind of zoom book group type stuff? Sure. You know, actually I, I, uh, with another guy here in Boston, I host a, uh, event called, uh, Noir at the Bar, New England. Uh, we did a bunch of them in the spring and we're going to start them up again in the fall. Uh, or sorry, we did a bunch in the spring and we're going to start, start, start them again this spring. Um, Right. Uh, as soon as the holidays are over, um, and then you know I do different things with uh, with different writers around um, around the New England area. Okay, and so if people want to learn about you and uh, how about your books and where to buy it, and also just what you're up to, uh, what's the where's where should they do that? Oh, just go to my website. I'm at Edwin E D W I N dash. Don't forget the dash. Hill dot com. <laughs> And, um, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm, I'm Edwin Hill author on Facebook, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Very good. OK, so they can and everything's there. OK, very good. Edwin Dash Hill. Um, all right. Well, listen, I got one more question uh, for you, Edwin. And that what I'd like you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Be persistent. Be persistent. Do you think you are not? quite that persistent until you really dug into it. Do you feel like you le- learned it on a deeper, deeper level when you were writing? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons why my first novel failed was because I didn't, I, I was not brave enough to be persistent. I mean, uh, one of the things about writing is you can always make it better. And if uh, that's where I, it comes down to the team sport thing, with that first novel, what I needed was a team, and right. I needed to find a team to help me shape it so that it could go to – it just needed like 5%. It needed to be 5% better than it was, um, and um, I needed I needed to rely on other people to help me get it there, um, and I needed to rely on myself. I needed to re- rely on my own grit, my own determination, and I think by the time I – when I was trying to sell my – first published novel, Little Comfort, um, I, I, had, I had acquired more grit at that point, and so I was more persistent, and I was able to see it through. It's great. Be persistent. All right, Edwin, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Good luck with uh, Watcher, which is due out again, 29th, 29th, so it should be soon. They can pre-order thank it now. Thank you, Bill. Thanks so much for having me today. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Well, yes, people, be persistent. It's true. Persistence just means just stay with it. Your job as a writer is to just show up. Just show up every day. Usually that's enough. Show up for yourself. Show up for the book. Show up for your loved ones. Just show up. That's right. That's how you do it. Well, everybody, listen, uh, I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Uh, It's coming up to that time of year. I'm going to take a couple weeks off. Yes, I am. I don't ever go on vacation, but sometimes I don't do everything at the same. I don't do everything that I normally do. So I'm going to take a couple weeks off, but I already got a guest book for January. I'll be back. Yes, I will. Uh, And so until then, enjoy whatever holiday it is you celebrate and uh, find something you love to do and go do it.